This is Andrew Cronin, and you're listening to Unknown Outcome, the artist interview series. Your chance to go behind the scenes with the Unknown Outcome artists and to learn about their lives and work. In August 2019, the Hermitage Museum and Gardens put out a call to artists. Artist teams, architects, designers, engineers, makers, creators, artists, and dreamers living in and around coastal Virginia were asked to design and fabricate an artwork that addresses the many layers of human impact on the environment. Thirteen artists and artist teams were selected to participate in the exhibition. The artwork selected provides insight into human impact on the environment, including sea level rise, climate change, pollution, and consumption. These 13 indoor and outdoor artworks will ask important questions, challenge perspectives, and educate viewers on the importance of this topic. The Hermitage Museum and Gardens is excited to showcase and support the rich artistic talent living in coastal Virginia for this compelling exhibition. Unknown Outcome a Coastal Virginia Collaboratory. These are the artists and their stories. This is Unknown Outcome, the Artist Interview Series. Episode 1, Sheila Joliti. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Sheila, do you remember the first image or painting or movie that stuck with you? Um, like, what was the first artistic thing that made an impression on you as a, as a child? Do you remember? As a child, yes, because it horrified me. So there's this huge, big, round stone. It's a Roman stone, and it's called the Mouth of the Truth. And the mythology behind that is that you would put your hand inside this mouth, and if you lied, your it would bite your hand off. And... I don't know if this is true or not, but my father had explained to me that during Roman times, if they felt that you were lying about something, you would put your hand in the mouth and there would be somebody behind there who would chop mm. it off with a knife. <laughs> How would you describe your style of art to someone who has never seen it? Well, at this point, it's definitely abstract. It's stream of consciousness. It's very organic. It's random but organized in its own way. So do you come with, um, so you have a canvas, uh, do you have an idea and then you go to the canvas and to the colors and the, and the paints or like, what's the, what's the order of creation? Um, I have an idea of the colors I'm going to use and that's about it. I'll start by floating ink, which is obviously a very random gesture because you have absolutely no control over that outcome. And then once that dries, I start trying to organize the space. But then every mark you make will lead to another mark. And so it's, it's a very intuitive way of working. There's no way having any kind of preconceived notion. When you say floating ink and organizing, what, what does that specifically look like or mean? Well, uh, floating ink, you pour ink onto uh, any kind of watery substance. If you pour it onto something, it has mm -hmm. a random pattern. There's no way of organizing how that liquid is going to actually dry, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. you just have to accept the spill or whatever it is will take its own course. 
So that's what I mean by floating ink. I allow a wet medium to take its own course. And that's the first mark. And then from that, I take cues and I follow certain directions and I try to organize that space so that it makes sense to me. But ultimately, it's, um, it's a pretty random exercise. Who was the first person who recognized your artistic abilities and gave you that first jolt of encouragement? Like the first person who told you you have talent? I don't know that anybody's ever. <laughs> uh, gosh, um, I guess it was um, I, for a very short period of time. I was in a high school in Florida, and there was an art teacher there whose name was Mrs. Dobkins, who passed away shortly after I attended that school. And I guess she was the first person who saw something or encouraged me in any way. Sheila, you were born in Florida, raised in Italy and studied in England. Is that the order? Yes. Studied for college in England. Uh, your father, Alberto, was a well-known and well-regarded comic book artist. Uh, his work included The Lone Ranger, Star Trek, and Westerns like Gunsmoke and The Cisco Kid. Um, can you talk a little bit about your father and, and his work? Um, he, he was an illustrator and then later on he, um, he and my mother opened a, um, an agency in Rome for other artists. So he supplied through the agency artwork, both for the American comic book market and the British comic book market. So they, they gave work to an awful lot of Italian artists. Sheila, when did you first call yourself an artist? Uh, that seems to be a real hurdle for, for people to label themselves or to be okay well, with that. For me, uh, I've never been anything else. So, you know, I've never had a job or a career. And for me, it wasn't much of a leap because, I, you know, I grew up in a household where my father earned a living as an artist. So, you know, it wasn't a foreign concept. Sure. What was the first thing you created that you felt really broke through and grabbed people's attention? Oh, Lord. I don't know. I mean, I guess whatever I've done has always grabbed somebody's attention, <laughs> maybe not a lot of people's attention, you know, but I suppose if you make a piece of art and somebody buys it, um, it's grabbed them. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember the first piece of art I sold. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning. Uh, your paintings are predominantly abstract works. Do you ever paint more traditional images like mountains or landscapes or people or animals? I used to paint people. I was very much a figurative artist. Um, but my figurative work was all on fiberglass. So I always played with materials. I was always exploring different materials um, and different ways of, of making images. So yeah, I used to be a figurative artist. How often do people get what you have in mind as the takeaway from a piece of art? Is I, that important to you? Is that something that you even think about? No, not at all. It's not important to me because everybody's experience is unique. So the fact that they don't that somebody doesn't quite understand what I was trying to get at is not a 
problem. So long as it speaks to them in some way, so long as it provokes um, some kind of reaction in, in them, um, you know, I'm very happy. No, I've never had any real need to be understood, I suppose, on, in that way. Here's something that I, I want to understand uh, about your work. So last year in 2019, you had a solo exhibition of your work at the Offsite Gallery, which was located in the World Trade Center building in downtown Norfolk, Virginia. Um, several of your larger paintings were framed separately, but hung directly next to each other in a group of three, mm -hmm. so that it, to me at least, looked like one work made up of three parts. Uh, my question is, why three separate canvases? Why not just one larger canvas? Well, there's two reasons for that. <clears throat> one is just a logistical one. It's much easier for me to work on, the, on a smaller area because some of these pieces are really, really very big. And so it would be very hard for me to reach the center to work on it. I have to work flat. Um, mm. I also have a minivan that accommodates only up to a certain size. <laughs> so I try to work within that, um, within that scale to make it easier on myself. But also I like the idea of a continuing conversation. I see these all as conversations. Um, and so they're not standalone statements. So if you have a triptych where the conversation goes from one surface on to the other, that allows for the continuation of that conversation that in theory could just go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. But, you know, I have to kind of cut it off. Sheila Joliti, we are going to talk about some unknown outcome questions now. Um, Let's walk through your process for unknown outcome for a bit. So you heard about the call to artist and, and then what? What are the steps that came next? So as with most things with me, I, the steps aren't necessarily logical. I had been exploring with new material. Again, just an idea that had come into my mind and that I needed to see through. And so I've been working with plexi and resins. No idea what it was going to lead to. And um, then I had a chance encounter with an acquaintance of mine who handed me the brochure for the call to artists and said, you know, I know it's not really your thing, but your work has a sort of a feel of underwater, your paintings, and, you know, maybe this could be something that would interest you. And when I read the prospectus, it was like a light bulb went off. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's what all this plexi resin work is about you know the idea came first and then and then the prospectus what is your connection to the theme of unknown outcome what about it drew you in well the idea of address the issue of climate change and sea level rise is obviously very personal i live in norfolk um so that kind of drew me in i don't usually enter call to artists and stuff because it's it has nothing to do with what I'm interested in. But this did. I felt I had a medium that lended itself to the project. And um, so I got really engaged with it. Sheila, describe the piece of art that you are creating for Unknown Outcome. Uh, what's the title, um, the colors? Talk about the piece that you're creating. 
Okay, so the piece is called The Atlantis Project. I've always been interested in mythology, in some of the early philosophers. Being brought up in Rome, we were familiar with a lot of the ancient writers. And so the idea of Atlantis came to mind as the sunken city, the fabled Plato story about a, an advanced society that allowed itself to decay into sort of an amoral society and, and thus was it doomed itself, it just self-destructed. And the fact that it was underwater, of course, I drew parallels with what is happening now with sea level change and the fact that we are arguably the most advanced country in the world. And like with the people, the civilization of Atlantis, you know, through greed, we're ignoring the plight of the planet, um, choosing to ignore. And um, this will ultimately sink us. So that whole story really appealed to me and the parallels between that cautionary tale and the tale that we should be telling. Uh, what do you hope visitors take away or learn or think about in response to your unknown outcome work? So the idea was to build these columns of water, basically. So they have a very watery quality to them. The resin and different sort of uh, binding agents are trapped between these layers of plexi. So when you look at them, the light shines through some areas, less so in other areas, but you get an effect of water and translucency. They are eight foot tall. My idea is to create an illusion that you're walking around as a sunken city. You're on the, the seabed. So the water gets clearer up top than at the bottom. Um, the ocean floor, the colors are constantly changing. So you go from the deepest, blackest blues to beautiful emerald greens and Caribbean blues. And then you have those dead zones that are devoid of life and full of oils and pollutants and so I'll create different ideas of, of bodies of water I think the, they're very beautiful they're very jewel-like and so they're um, enticing to the viewer but with the idea that while they're spending time exploring these pieces they're actually considering what we're doing and what we need to change Sheila Jaliti uh, is there anything you want to say that I missed no, thank you. <laughs> thank you for making this um, easier than I expected. <laughs> oh, I appreciate you saying that. Sheila Joliti, thank you so much for coming on the show. Congratulations about being selected for Unknown Outcome. And we'll, we'll see you thank in the you summer. Thank you so much. Take care.